RPG for You and Me presents Neon Heat, a duet actual play podcast using the Savage Worlds rule set in our custom cyber fantasy setting. Thank you for joining us, and welcome back to Caldonics. Previously on Neon Heat, Athena gets into a wingsuit skirmish to foil the attempted assassinations and is immediately deployed by Roth to find her grandfather and Silas. Her grandfather isn't at his home in the bubble, which her grandmother relays to her, and all she finds of Silas are his broken glasses on his doorstep. She barges into his house and finds nothing but a disturbing conspiracy wall and one of the red cloaks from Joel Shin's murder. She attempts to flee the bubble after this discovery and finds her grandfather sobbing in an alley, broken by the burden of the terrible and secret knowledge that the mine collapse several years ago was an attack by a Lara Corp, which damaged the main crystal, and he confides in Athena that they can and will try again if he votes against the company's interests. Athena decides to gamble and confide in turn about the purple energy sharing her brain which, judging by the realization that his brain has been tampered with, may have been quite a mistake. Okay, Athena, when we last saw you, you were standing forlornly in an alleyway in the bubble after your grandfather Darius disappeared around the corner, having just put together a couple of pieces. So, Athena, I gave you an advance after last session. I think you still have not determined what it is you'd like to use it on yet. I have not yet determined. Perfectly fine. Additionally, as you made some progress... I'm going to say that uncovering the information that you did in the last episode regarding the mines and making progress on your mission to find out what Darius's deal is uh, can be considered a great success because of how well you plied the tools at your disposal. So you have conviction. Thank you. So I believe you stated that your intention was to return to the Spire and speak with Roth. Is that correct? It was. Okay. And she still intends to do this. Okay. However, she needs to stop and talk to Thalassica real quick. Okay. Where would you go to contact Thalassica? Probably just the garage. If you would like to return to your home, you have your bike, so you can easily make it back there. And it'll take you a little bit of time, but we're still looking at probably early afternoon right now because the press conference is in the morning and you immediately went to the bubble and did some snooping around. So let's say it's uh, early afternoon at this point, but you can get back to the garage without any trouble. Cool, cool. She would like to stuff the velvet 
robe, cloak, whatever the fuck, and her bike. <laughs> I was gonna say she doesn't saddle wear it. Bags. She doesn't wear it while she's flying through the air. I don't think so. I think that might be a bit gauche. It's not quite the season for velvet. <laughs> not quite wearing the skin of your enemies. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you can store that. You get back to the garage. Let's just do that hop. You make Sounds it back. Good. No major issues. You're in your garage. I think she goes over to the dolly she appeared out of last time. The, okay. cre- the creeper the we've creeper. learned since it's who, called. Who was it that assisted us with the Dave. name? Dave. It was Dave. Thank Thanks, you, Dave. Thanks, Dave. The creeper. Yeah, which is an she... appropriately named device given the, <laughs> the the current use for it. Yeah. She walks over to it and nudges it with her boot. Hello. It spirals across the ground on its little wheelie wheels for a moment with no response. But I think after you know, somewhere between 30 seconds and a minute, and then it hums to life again and broadcasts the holographic image of Thalassica into the air, who, true to style, folds arms into the sleeves, standing there, staring at you. I take it your press conference went well. You assume you weren't watching? Would it make you feel better or worse if I said I was? I honestly don't know. Well... Bolt's still alive. Well done. Thank you. Um, so you know how Silas wasn't there? Yes, there was quite a point made by a certain attendee. Well, that's because he got kidnapped. And I need to go find him, and I need to tell Roth that he's been kidnapped so I can get regulator resources allocated to what I'm doing. But his house is insane, and I need to get someone to fix it so when people go to look, it's normal. So can you put out a Pantheon bid for me immediate? Just a cleaner? A span of silence as she listens to your request, and then the creeper creeps along the ground, making a little squeaky noise as her holographic silhouette floats by. What about it needs to be cleaned? You understand that... If we do send a cleaner, it might be obvious. I mean, I, what are we looking at here? He's got a shit ton of conspiracy walls with very relevant information that I didn't have time to take down myself. So wallpaper, maybe, if they can collect the string and pictures and put it in a dead drop for me somewhere. That would be cool. How much time do we have? That depends how fast I get to the spire. An hour, two hours. And what information is damning that needs to be disposed of? I'm sure the Inquisitors will be thorough. They're searching the Oculus's residence. They're going to presumably be able to look into the past of certain objects. It's a rare skill, but it does exist. Well, if they read a wall, are they going to know there was a picture there? Should I even... Maybe I shouldn't... Maybe I shouldn't tell Roth. I don't know. It simply depends on how powerful the psionic is and what they choose to look at. They would need to look at each individual object. They can glean more generic details from a scene. It's simply difficult to know. Now, of course, if a, a masked individual enters the the Oculus's room to scrub everything clean, they, they wouldn't be able to determine an identity, but they would know it had been done. Maybe it was by the people that took him. Ah, now you're thinking. I'm trying. He got snatched and uh, put in a dumpster by that misty Karnak that I'm still looking for. 
because it was awful wet down on his stoop and the bubble's kind of climate controlled, so it's sort of a red flag for me. Seems to be a reasonable assumption. But yeah, do you think you can do that for me? Do, do I have enough in my bank account? I haven't exactly looked. I don't know how liquid I am. Well, you're a bit of a puddle and it's about dried up, if that gives you any context. Does? What's the good in being a business owner if you can only hire one band of mercenaries for an all-out assault on a stupid tunnel cavern? I'm sure if you applied yourself as a businesswoman, you could make out better than that. But that doesn't seem to be your aspiration. Well, not currently. Then unless there's anything else you need, I should go. Time is of the essence. Well, that sounds about right. I'll see you later. Thank you. Yes, well... You're footing the bill on this one. Usually am. It's fine. She just inclines her head, and then the form shimmers and disappears, and the creeper wheels itself off to one side as the light dims and then fades. Good. Good. You know what? What? She doesn't know if Zadal can look at objects. She hasn't asked. But he is upstairs, so that'd be dumb if she didn't. Yeah, she's gonna go do that. Okay. Yeah, she she hustles upstairs real quick. Is Tuka still in the apartment? She was here in the morning, and then Pavi and Roja left, and she's still, like, taking time off, but also still wounded, so I think the plan was probably for her to just hang out and heal. What's Tuka doing? Hanging on the couch. What do you guys have as far as entertainment in your apartment here, your flat? Buy a couple decks of cards. <laughs> Her garbage books that she reads. Tuka is lying still back flat on the couch with her hands up in the air, holding open a trashy romance novel, <laughs> engrossed in it hmm. as you make your way up and into your apartment. Hey, Tuka. She starts and drops the book and it hits her in the face and then falls oh. onto the floor and she's like, oh, damn. Sorry. Oh, no, it's fine. I, I wasn't doing anything. That's a good one. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I lost my place. I'm sorry. That's all right. <laughs> Spooked me. <laughs> my bad. Are you are you feeling limber? Are you feeling feeling good? Uh, let's make her vigor roll now, shall we? Do you want to make her vigor roll for? Oh, it's a D4. Isn't it? I, think, I think it's a D4. <laughs> yeah, D4 and a D6. But she didn't get the the penalty that you do. So so success means she's gonna be healed. All Karnik, as one of their racial traits, has the three point version of regeneration. For a normal character, or, you know, a human, the natural healing is once every five days. You get to make a roll to try to heal wounds that way, and it's a vigor roll. Mm. Just a straight vigor roll, and it does include your wound penalties, actually, so you'll have to include the minus one in this. The improved version of that makes it once every three days, and the even further improved, which the Karnak have, make it once a day. So once every day, every Karnak can make a vigor roll to try to heal their wounds naturally. Success is... One wound, a raise is two wounds. It doesn't say anything specific, but your wound penalty applies to all rolls that you make. So I think it does apply here. Okay. At a minus one. That's my normal vigor roll, wouldn't you know? 15 minus one or a six. <laughs> well, they're both successes, which means Tuka has fully healed. One of you loaned her some clothes, so she's dressed in something more familiar looking to you, as opposed to her icicle, bullet-riddled Aladdin pants that she'd been wearing before. Athena has no end of baggy sweatpants. They're just all over. 
Yeah, she uh, pops herself up off the couch, maybe does some stretching and shows off her full range of motion. The skin, the scales where she'd been shot are still a little off color based on the rest of her. It's like fresh flesh. Yeah, you know, I'm uh, I'm kicking. Good, we might need to kick uh, quite a bit today to oh. even keep our heads above water. Um, Silas got kidnapped. So if you can go to the spire oh. to just be around when I redeploy, because we don't have enough people to go and find Silas. She's walking back and forth very fast, swatting a palm leaf out of her way, because she keeps forgetting there are fucking plants, <laughs> plants everywhere. Uh, you know who kidnapped him? I mean, I don't know who they are, but hot money's on that guy making the mist, the Karnak who attacked us in the, the park with all those oh. f- foggy... God... Damn, I'm ready for some payback. That'd be nice. We should probably take him alive, though. Fine. (laughs) Sorry to cut your day off in half. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I was fine. I'll just, uh, how did your press conference go? Uh, really, you know, middlingly cool until the snipers showed up. Oh, oh. Damn. (laughs) She's making a face that's like, it would be a smile if... The edges of her mouth went up. Damn, you and me quite a pair. <laughs> Can't go a day. Apparently not. All right, well, yeah, I mean, I can I can head out with you. Cool. That, or fine. maybe you should get there before me so it doesn't look like suspicious, like we're colluding. Oh, sure. I'm just very well, paranoid. Then I'll just say I heard there was something that happened and I wanted to report for duty. Because that's the right thing. You that know? is the right thing. Also the convenient thing for me, thank you. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. All right, well, I guess I'll go now. Okay, I'll lock up, but don't worry about it. All right. Okay. And she... See you soon. Yep. She heads out the back from the... Can just go down the wall. Yeah, she can, she can wall climb, so... That's yep. so cool. She just swings herself over the lip and goes down. Now, when she wall climbs, does she, like, just normal walk, or does she skitter? I imagine she's more of a skitterer. I think it's up to flavor. Maybe every Karnak does it differently that has access to the wall climbing. But for her, she's just a skitterer. Athena goes upstairs and, you know, almost doesn't knock on the door, but then knocks on the door Mm because she's like, there's still a gun in there. Mm -hmm. She's already been shot once today. Sure. So she knocks. Uh, There's no response. Okay, she just goes in. Zadal's in there on the bed, motionless. Yeah. Zadal, you, you awake? When you speak to him, the lights that run through his circuitry that you can see through the coat are more of a dim color. Mm. And then when you speak to him, they brighten up again. So he's not like asleep, but maybe he was in sort of a standby type of thing. He sits up and looks over to you and he says, oh, yeah. Um, Yep. Here I am. I'm awake. (laughs) Good. Um, You might not need to be awake for very much longer. Um... Do you, do you do you know how to read objects? Um I know it's not super common or anything, but I wanted to check before I ran back to the spire. Yeah, yeah, I can actually. Really? Yeah, I mean it's real hard, but um I can do it. Why? What do you need? Um so Silas got kidnapped, but I have his glasses and she wiggles them. I think he's just in shocked silence. Kidnapped? Yeah. Where? When? On his doorstep. It was still kind of wet when I got there, so couldn't have been that long ago. Fog. Condensation. 
Uh, okay. Uh, is that weird? I mean, we live in a cave that's very wet. Well, he lives in the bubble, so that's not quite normal. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's... All right. Um, he, and he's pushing himself up, you know, straightening his things and making to walk out the door with you. Oh, you should you should stay here. Are, you're not in, like, a state to go be doing things, are you? Sometimes you gotta. I'm, I'm better than I was last night. You know, little uh, little droopy under the eyes is something you might say. I don't, <laughs> I don't need sleep, but uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm gonna have to recharge and recoup on my own for an hour or so and a little bit here. But I'll be okay for now, you know. Well, I'm hoping to divert everybody away from the island with some luck after talking to Roth, so you won't have to do that anymore. Yeah, I mean, if you say I, I stopped uh, a little late last night because that's when I was, you know, scheduled to be finished. Oh, good. Well, cool, cool. Uh, I mean, some, we'll see, but... And he pauses and sort of looks off to the side. He said, uh, well, Silas was supposed to, you know, pick it back up from there, but... Oh, shit. I mean, here's the thing. It's been two days already, and it was the middle of the night, and so, uh, maybe nobody's even been out there. Maybe. I guess we should go. Yeah. Yeah, we should go. Okay. And he makes to leave with you. She's not gonna stop him. He seems set on heading out. Yeah, and he's uh, he's definitely more together than when you last spoke with him, and he was just super loopy. Mm-hmm. Still probably an edge of fatigue to him overall, but he's, in his right mind, doesn't appear to be externally influenced by substances or otherwise. That's that's good feeling to see, you know? Should we look at these here? I don't I don't know how long it'll take. But I wanted to give Tuka a buffer, buffer time to get there before us. I uh, I can. Um, I I kind of uh, I gotta go meet with Roth. Yeah. Oh, uh, how are you gonna handle this? Poorly. Oh, I appreciate your honesty and the quality <laughs> of uh, your craft, uh-huh. but uh, I meant more like. So you telling him? I think if he's been kidnapped, we that, that ain't really something we can keep to ourselves. No, you know? That's, uh, he's got to know. He sent me to go find him. Uh-huh. So if we show up having found him later, I'm optimistically, he's going to have questions. And I, I think maybe half-truths currently are a good option. That sounds good to me, Joel. Mm-hmm. All right, so glasses. Glasses, she wiggles them. And he holds out his hand for him flops them in there. I, I want to talk about your party members mm-hmm. and their situation as wild cards with bennies and stuff. There's a lot of wild cards, and it's because I've given you a pretty broad cast of people that you can call on for assistance and interaction at, you. at your discretion. The hitch with that is NPCs run by the GM, which would be me. At least enemy NPCs that are wild cards get two bennies of their own. Mm-hmm. And then I have a benny one per player, so it's just you. So I get one per session that I can use for whatever I want to, and then wild cards get two. So I extended that to your friendly wild card NPCs as well and said they got two bennies, but because there's so many of them and because there can be multiple in each scene, I want to reduce that to one. I think that makes sense, especially because I picked up this new edge, Common Bond. Right, and I think that'll help you draw upon the ally that you need for effect when it's appropriate as long as you have the bennies to do so. Yeah, I think that's very fair. If there are multiple people in each, like we had at the end of season one, we had the lighthouse fight where you had a bunch of people there and they had like the ally action where you 
they just had one turn. You know to... me, I love a buddy action. We'll see how each fight is, you know, if it's like you versus overwhelming odds. I'm just speaking in an abstract form. If it's you versus overwhelming odds, then maybe it makes more sense for them to each to get a turn. Otherwise, if it's a smaller combat, maybe it's buddy turns, but we'll see. Gotcha. I want to make sure that things stay difficult and the spotlight stays on Athena being the one doing the cool stuff. But, you know, you get your buddies to help you out when you need them. I do like my buddies doing cool stuff, too. Because you are the greatest buddy of all. Oh, thank you. Buddy of mine heart. Oh. (laughs) So, object reading in default Savage Worlds is pretty strong. This is the first... Well, this is actually the second time it's come up because Silas... Used it on her bracers. Apparently used it, but if you recall, that was Oh, that was fake! That was your fake memory. That dumb bitch! Man, that's Um, fucked up. I listened to that scene again the other day. Uh, yeah. I that, was so bamboozled. <laughs> see, I, I'm glad that turned out okay. And I hope to everyone listening out there, I hope you're okay with that. I took some liberty with how it was approached and that I had her make the rules blind without telling her what they were the first time she showed up in that scene and just ran with it there. So I know there was a little bit of tomfoolery, <laughs> some hijinks going on there. Okay, but but like, I feel that everything was consistent and it still came together in the end. Not only was it consistent, but after the reveal session, I was shook for like a full real life week. <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, the long con! Yes. Well, and I believe I mentioned it before, but that as well as the advent of Athena's circlet becoming stronger because you were the single PC in this podcast... My promise is that there there are not going to be any more brain memory hijinks with Athena unless you allow them. I would always allow them. I But I also think that it just makes the story more convoluted and detracts from what we're doing. So it was a fun, once-off, character-driven moment based on me. everything that was set up, but I don't want it to... It's not going to be a regular thing. This is not a... Well, it's kind of soap opera-like, but it's not It's not like everybody keeps getting brought back from the dead and there's no... That takes away all the drama, you know? I always knew you like soap operas from how much you like Metal Gear. I will not hear a word against <laughs> at least the first th- th- four Metal Gears. Metal Gear Solid 1 through 4. So sorry, that was a, a long tangent. So default object reading in Savage Worlds is a seasoned power that costs two points. You touch an object... And then with a success, the character can see events that occurred within 10 yards up to about five years past. With a success, it increases to 100 years and 20 yards. Fuck. We need to tone that down for a detective show. Right. So (laughs) for our specific medium, for what we're doing here, it needs to be reduced. Otherwise, it's just not interesting. So It can either be an ultra rare ability that like one person knows or it can just be reduced in power. And I think for a detective mystery type thing, it just needs to be nerfed. It needs to be less. What if we made it veteran tier? I'll keep it seasoned, but the effect is going to be reduced. So what I'll say in game terms is if he gets a success on this, he'll be able to see what makes most sense to you? My default instinct says something like a day to a week. Maybe on a raise you get a week, on a success you get a day. Okay. Does that feel good? I I feel like that's fine. It makes it more important for short-term stuff, right? My goal is not to invalidate the ability itself. Oh, and it also has the modifier strong for plus two power points. The caster can see or hear from the item's creation forward. What? Yeah. So it's also a little, let's see, it's an inanimate object. So it doesn't really say anything about, like, 
terrain or things around it, but you could argue that a rock is an inanimate object. So I'm going to pick up this rock, and if this rock has been sitting here for a hundred years, then I'm going to be able to see everything within a hundred yards for the past hundred years. That'd be so weird. So let's say a day with a success, a week with a raise. I'll keep the default area of ten yards you know, everything that happened within 10 yards of the object because that That's gives pretty you... pretty good. Like, it's pretty good. With a raise, maybe it's 30 yards, something like that. Yeah. For our European people, I apologize that we don't use the metric system. And to be fair, this is the denominations of range that they use in the Savage Worlds core book to, to sorry. do that. Sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we all wish we were on the metric system. Yeah, so, five year. <laughs> so, now that we've talked about that for a while... Zidal takes the pair of glasses gingerly in both of his hands. The blue mist of his eyes begins to spiral and swirl, and the circuitry glows just a little bit brighter, lining the whole of his synthetic form covered by his long, dark coat. Well, not that long, because he's on the shorter end. Long for him. Long for him. Would you like to roll for him? Yeah. What am I rolling? Uh, He has a D10 in psionics. How fatigued is he? Because I rolled a 7. Okay, I think he's got a minus two penalty right now, so that would be a five. Okay. Yeah. That's That works for me. Okay, so success. So he's able to see what happens within the last day. This isn't one of the current modifiers, but I'm going to add a modifier to ride along so that you can mind link with him to be able to see this, because nice. I think that's far more interesting from <laughs> yeah. a narrative perspective than just have him it be like, it was some guy. It was some guy, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he puts one hand on your bicep and he puts one hand on the glasses as he concentrates, and then you feel that warm pressure on your circlet. She turns it off. Control. She doesn't need it right now. Okay. I think, it's, I think it's selective. Like, I think you you always have this on, but you can selectively allow things to go through if you choose to. You let it happen. The room around you blurs and fades. You find yourself following Silas. It's strange. You see Silas, and he's in the center of this pool of light, and everything around you... Is it just black? Yeah, everything outside of the spotlight is black, so it's it's kind of off-putting at first, and the world, as Silas moves, materializes in front of you. Uh, And you note that you don't need to move to follow him. He... Everything is static, so it's sort of like watching Silas on a treadmill of light as Hmm. he walks through this 30-foot area, objects fade in and out. He just keeps strolling, and Zadal is there with you, and you guys are both just, like, mental projections. Athena wants to walk around to be in front of Silas to watch behind him, because she assumes that's where people might show up. Zadal holds his hands out to the side, and he says, Well, here we are. You wanna you wanna give me some direction? Uh, can, can we speed up to when he's going back to his house? I guess that would have been last night, maybe, because he did show up here, and uh, Pavi did not let him in. He, uh, why do you show up here? I don't know. I haven't been able to ask him. He looks very surprised when you say that. I, I did tell him he could come here if he needed a nap and a place to feel safe, but I didn't uh, remember to tell Pavi, and then I was out, and he tried to break into her brain, and it didn't work, and then he got really mad and left. Oh, that, uh, Wow. That is spectacularly bad. Oh, man. Huh. Uh, okay, all right. He shakes his arms out a little bit. 
There's just a little metal jostling as he does so. Maybe he's got keys in his pocket. Oh, at least one. Re- that for some reason came here with him. He expended <laughs> the mental energy to put his keys in his Why pocket not? and his mental projection. Verisimilitude. Verisimilitude, sure. But yeah, if he left, if he left my place last night, he probably would have just tried to come back here. So, last night sometime. So as you make that request, the Silas that you see in front of you begins to fast forward. Everything he does is double speed, triple speed. The scenery blurs and becomes almost unrecognizable as this happens, but you can clearly tell that he's moving through the city. So first it starts at the spire and he's walking, you know, through hallways and things like that. You see that scene occur in a quick blur. Like you can see him in the area around your apartment. You notice that he's going upstairs. The door opens. There's just a little bit of back and forth between him and a very blurry Pavi. And then he's off and moving again. And he disappears across the city back to the bubble. We see that the bubble is here. Speeds past that. There's a number of quick shots of Silas pressed against things. Like pressing himself against a wall. Taking a quick path down an alleyway. And I think you get a couple of quick flashes of red and a very quick flash of purple. And then we see Silas walking up to his stoop. And that's where Zadal slows things down. And you see those flashes? I, yeah, I mean, I can take it back if you want. Let's keep going for now. We're already here. Okay. Yeah, sure. He presses play again. (laughs) You watch Silas quickly make his way up the street to that same house that you saw yesterday. His stoop is right there. He walks quickly up to it. As he's walking up, you notice that behind him, closer to the street, the air begins to materialize into misty forms that look extremely familiar to you because you've seen them before. Three of these misty shapes that coalesce into thin air, and they're still these oblong proportions, vaguely humanoid-looking, but their proportions are wrong somehow. You know, one has like a fat arm, one has a stumpy short leg, one of them is just floating like a ghost. Uh, And they begin to drift towards Silas. One thing immediately catches your attention is that when you last saw these misty forms, their eyes were the same red glow as many of the other foes that you'd been facing. These have bright yellow eyes. Oh no! Oh, all these fucking eyes! They're all in cahoots! She says out loud. <laughs> we get a, a shot of Athena and Zadal standing off to one side, watching the spectacle as the misty forms are floating there. Silas pauses with his hand on the door, his hackles are rising, and then he quickly turns his head and sees his attackers coming on. And there's a, a very quick and decisive struggle as he. He basically just stands there looking at them for a second and then has this expression of extreme panic that flashes over his face. He reaches into the folds of his long robe-like jacket. Yeah, he's got like he's got like a business robe. I always thought it was kind of a lab coat, but that's just because he's a nerd. And I yeah, kind of lab coaty <laughs> robe adjacent. Fashion lab coat. He reaches into the folds of the coat and he brings out what appears to be a pistol. And he aims it at one of them, fires, it goes through, tears the first form to pieces, and then the other two are on him, immediately disarm him, render him unconscious, and then begin to float him away down the, the street. And then he's gone. 
as the two remaining forms descend on him and batter him with these heavy blows. They strike him across the eyebrow, it splits open and blood starts to run down, and that knocks the glasses from his face, and they clatter onto the steps of the stoop. You see that fissure run through it, and then he limply tries to resist for another moment before they clock him again and then start to float him away. And this time, for the first time, the image does not move with Silas, and you just watch him slowly drift out of view into the darkness beyond. As they're watching him be floated away, she just adds in a very tired voice, and then they flopped him in a dumpster and wheeled him out. Oh, uh, not the most glamorous way. Um, no. I guess we can assume they need him alive because they could have just killed him there, right? What other reason would they have to take him? He's the Oculus, so he knows all the all the dirty shit from everywhere, right? Yeah, probably. Can we see if anybody came to the stoop besides me? Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. He fast-forwards it again. It's like a static image. Nothing changes. Maybe there's a little bit of drifting and the small amount of vegetation that is visible, but no one comes, and then eventually we see Athena walk up. She has a weird moment of self-reflection, seeing herself battered and slightly feral. Oh, yeah, yeah, you were, uh... She just rubs her neck and is like, hmm. You, uh, you don't look too bad. Yeah, you, you know, you look good. You look good. You look great. You know, uh... Thanks. I just, um, it's weird, right? I don't really, mm, nope. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess it's easy for me to say that because, you know, I'm kind of used to looking at you in this way <laughs> at this point. It's happened enough times. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's always weird to see yourself from a perspective that you never would have thought, you know? <laughs> it's, it's literally just like being recorded and then having somebody play it back and you're like, that's weird. I don't like you spying on me, you know? <laughs> Stop it. Please. Please. Uh, fuck. Uh, he... He... His bedroom is nuts. That kind of broken entered... Because uh, I thought he might have been in there, so I wanted to make sure he was cool because I found his glasses, and I was like, ooh, that's bad. Sure, I mean, I, I think that's reasonable. I think anybody would say that's reasonable. No. Yeah. He, uh, I'm, I'm having it cleaned currently. Uh, cl- what are you, uh... Scrubbed of evidence, because there's just everybody, everybody involved is on that wall. Oh, it's boy. Just... Did you tell them to take pictures before they scrub it so that, you know, we can... Oh, I didn't. I didn't tell them. Uh, okay. But, you All know, right. I got it in my brain. Okay. Is that something? Uh, yeah, I'm you know. I'm not we, gonna remember where everything went we just right. I mean, I can literally open your memories. That's and, fair. So that, that's fine. Well, keep yeah. it up here where no one else can get it. Oh, look at me, big psionic that should have <laughs> occurred to me. Uh, Alright, I mean, uh, anything else you want here? Yeah, I want to go back to those flashes, see if they're attached to anybody good. Anybody I know, even if I don't know him, I'll know him soon enough. That's fair. So Zadal rewinds the tape of the glasses. We head back in time to when Silas is first going down to the bubble, and it proceeds as normal. You know, he keeps to the side streets as much as possible. We see him duck down an alley once or twice. When he's about halfway to his residence, he is about to walk out of an alley stops himself mid-stride and pulls back and flattens himself against the alley. 
or the wall of the alley. And walking down this small side street are two individuals who probably look innocuous at the average glance, but you note that they're both wearing long coats that appear to be a little bulky. Hmm. They're both also wearing wide, flat-brimmed hats. Oh man, before you even said that, I was like, what if they were wearing wide, flat-brimmed hats? <laughs> they are, I'm becoming predictable. No, I don't even know why I was thinking about that, but... Uh, long, flat-brimmed hats pulled low, and they're walking at a leisurely pace, and it looks like they're talking to one another. And after they pass, Silas peers around the corner, and just as they're about to walk out of view, one of them turns back and does a small look over the shoulder, and we get, from the corner of their eye, that same gleam of red. I don't think that you can make out their features because they had the hat pulled low, but they walk calmly down the street, conversing with one another, and then they turn around just before passing out of view, and you can tell that they're definitely red eyes that you have become accustomed to seeing. And then they disappear. He waits another moment, still standing there, and then darts back into the street, goes through another alley or two, and this, a similar situation happens. It's almost like it's a repeat. He's hiding there, and we see another pair of these two go by with the same wide, flat-brimmed hats and the red eyes. This time, they're a little bit more visible. No specific features that you can make out. And as they're disappearing from view, at the very edge of the vision another figure cuts through. They are clad in what looks like a very lightweight armor mixed with biker leathers. Most of their form is shrouded. They are wearing a helmet. The trim along their armor is a vibrant purple. Hmm. Like, and it, and it glows. Pretty cool. Very similar to Zadal. Like, the way that Zadal's circuitry shines through, this person has purple circuitry. Biker helmets. That makes it tough. Yeah, that and then they're and then they're gone. But they walk in the same direction as the red-eyed individuals. Hmm. And he continues playing it, and then Silas ends up at his home. That's all there is to see. It seems. Well, their coats are obviously so big because they're full of secrets. She says. <laughs> you can have a Benny. Stall says, "Uh, well, I think that's about it." Yeah. Well, I'll be on the lookout for I don't know purple arrow and biker helmets that's about all I got he's probably in the tunnels uh he could be anywhere for all we know he could be but Tuka was telling me um yellow eyes kill tons of Cassians down there and people don't really like to talk about it cause it's creepy that seems to be where they're based it's, as far uh, as I know that's uh disconcerting Mm-hmm. Should we go talk to Roth? Uh, it, I mean, yeah. What, what should we do with Ina? Do we do we tell people about this? Do we? We should only tell Roth about this. I mean. Oh yeah. I mean yeah. Sorry. That's that's what I meant. It's uh, <laughs> this is sort of unprecedented. How so? I don't, you ever heard of an Oculus being kidnapped before? I've never heard of one being kidnapped. That's uh, not to say they haven't been. That is that is a fair point. Because uh, we're not going to tell people he got kidnapped except for one very big person. Yeah. Yeah. He's, a, he's quite substantial mm-hmm. in the uh, height and weight department. Ugh. I got nothing. I found something. Yeah? In his house. Okay. He had one of those cloaks the people were wearing when Joel died. 
Just in his desk. Just had it. Just had one. I don't think Sadal knows what to say to that. There's a long moment as he just stares at you and then shakes his head a little bit. He says, I... Whoa. What is that? I Does that mean he's evolved? I mean... I mean, if you... If it could be. I mean, he's got a lot of head problems, so... Yeah, I think he knows about them, because he had... You know how people write on the walls sometimes? He just wrote a lot of question marks and remember on, like, fucking every inch of wall. That sounds like... Disconcerting is the word I would use. I was gonna say real stereotypical. Well, there's that. Like a bad, a bad movie script, you know? Like... I'm not here to point fingers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, yeah, I, yeah, that, um, I'm, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say we should keep that to ourselves for now. Yeah. Until, uh, until we can find them, maybe. Yeah. That sounds good. Let's do that. Puts his hand on your arm again and gives a small squeeze and he says, you Okay. Nah. <laughs> uh, but I'll, 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 I feel, I'll feel better when I'm in motion. So let's go do that. Yeah. The scene around you fades. It begins to just spiral off into wispy smoke, and then everything is black, and then you are just suddenly standing there in your apartment again with Zidal. His hand's still on your arm. His hand is cool. Must be nice, cause cool. the city's so sweltering hot. Synthetic material. She just makes towards the door. All right, yep. Yeah, Zidal falls maybe, into maybe step behind. Maybe grabs a water bottle. She's been doing a lot of running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zidal falls into step behind you, and he will follow you, I guess, to your bike. Yeah. What are you doing? All right, and you guys are gonna fly to the spire. Mm-hmm. Take off with a <laughs> into the now cooler afternoon air of Caldonix. Now that the crystal has been drained and the humidity is dropping. Now she's just worried about the big crystal. Yeah, that's probably something that didn't occur to you until now, but I also think you don't know what that means, you know? You don't you don't have any more information on the subject, but you do know, especially from your training, that permanent damage to a crystal that large and that potentially volatile could be disastrous. Yeah, it and could that, be. as far as you know, things should be able to mend themselves if they're contained and maintained in the proper ways, so if this is an ongoing fissure of some sort, ongoing damage, that's a big problem. Mm-hmm. It's a really big problem. But what's Athena going to do about it? Not go to the mines! Because right. your grandpa told her not to. It's true. And Athena's a good girl who always does what she's told. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> that's the name of the podcast. Athena's a good girl who does what she's told. It, it did not test well. It didn't. We had to change it. Neither did. Athena's a bad girl who doesn't do anything you want her to. <laughs> We landed in the middle somewhere. <laughs> okay, uh, so yeah, you head back to the spire. Your goal is just to find Roth. Yeah, I, th- I feel like she would know where his office is. We just get a quick couple of shots of Athena and Zidal flying, making their way into the spire, walking down a few hallways. Maybe you stop a regulator when you're on Roth's floor just to confirm that he's in his office, and they nod and point you down in that direction. As they're walking down the hallway, Athena says, I'm glad you're feeling better, it seems, by the way. Uh. Got to mention that. I was a little stressed earlier, but I am glad. Uh, yeah. Listen, um, I'm I'm real sorry that I put you on the spot with that and, uh, that, you know, embarrassed myself and 
Didn't mean to give you more problems. Uh, it won't happen again. Wouldn't mind if it did. He looks up to you and gives you a, a very, you're full of shit kind of look. It's <laughs> like, oh uh, yeah, okay. All things considered, that was a nice problem break for a little while, maybe. I'm just really nervous. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Didn't mean to dredge that up and give you more to think oh, about. Oh, you're fine. Sorry. You're fine. Let's go talk to Roth. Yeah. You guys will speed through the last couple of corridors and you make it to Roth's door. This one's deeper in the spire, so you go further down towards the roots. But yep, Roth's office has the double door, just like the other heads of the regulation divisions that you've been to in the past. She knocks. She's a polite regulator. There's a couple of footsteps and then a regulator you've never seen before it opens the door, gives you side eyes. Just a regular regulator. They got the, the yellow badge. They are, they're Dillian, like Roth is, except this one's more of like a crocodile than an alligator. Beady little eyes, but a still pretty big bulky frame. His snout is longer and more narrow. His scale pattern is dirty brown. And he quirks his head at you as he opens the door. Uh, is the Arbiter in? Yes. It, may, may we, please? And he steps out of your way, and you can see into the office where Roth is seated behind a very large but plain-looking desk. And he looks up and sees you and says, Oh, come on in, Sedaris. Waves a hand to beckon you closer. Thank you. And there's another regulator standing off to one side. This one is a male Nakir with nondescript features. Mm -hmm. And he nods to both of them and says, Go on. They give him a, a salute across the body. And as you make your way in, this office looks very similar to the other heads of regulation that you've been to. It's very wide. The ceiling is a little bit bigger than you're used to seeing. There's that same wide pane of glass on the far wall, behind which is undulating liquid quarry, predominantly orange in color, with speckles of drifting green bubbles and blue crystal shards floating by. It's a tad more human in here than a normal room with just the faintest undertone of that scaly reptilian smell, kind of musty. Mm. Along one of the walls to your left is a glass case with a few, they look like awards or commendations or something like that, and a couple picture frames scattered here and there as well. And Roth himself is seated behind that large but simple looking desk. He has just finished speaking with the others who have headed out of the room. Roth is a seven-foot-tall, black-scaled Dillian Karnick, hulking in body and muscle, very strong, with a short but wide snout, pointed teeth, and beady red eyes. And there's gold trimmed to his scales and frills. I would like to self-impose my orange phobia in here. Oh, yeah, thank you. Cause... For, okay, you can have a Benny for reminding me. Man, I'm bad at this. I'm bad at hindering you. No, no. Except with story-related garbage. <laughs> See, I'll remember, and then you'll give me these bennies. Like you want to do you something? Like Here's eight other things. That's my fault, sorry. No. Sorry, I've done this. Pickle. Notes that Zadal is with you and gives him a, a straightforward nod, which Zadal returns. So, where's Silas? She takes the broken glasses out of one of her belt pouches and places it gingerly on the desk. A gone... We've determined he was kidnapped, taken by some foggy wraiths with yellow eyes. They loaded him into a dumpster uh, on the side of his house and wheeled him off somewhere. I don't know where he is. 
for the sake of conversation, do you just fill them in on what you saw and that? Okay. I want to be good about skipping rehash as much as possible, and I know I'll, we did I'll a I'll do the, the thesis statement for each conversation. Yeah, that's, that's fine. When you place the glasses on his desk, he reaches out with very dainty clawed fingers and picks them up and examines them, pushing himself to stand on his feet and begin pacing as he does so. But he leaves the glasses on the table. Yellow-eyed wraiths. Mm-hmm. I have seen uh, foggy folks like them recently. They attacked uh, Regulator Sato and I in the park last week. Except then they had red eyes. But now they're yellow. So I don't know what to make of that. Somebody else making them, maybe? But worrying either way. Hmm. Agreed. Based on what you know, do you believe there's any connection between these rays and... The Wardens of the Cold, these fanatics that just showed up out of the woodwork. As an educated guess, it's gotta be related, because he made a very pointed remark that, oh, where's the Oculus? Oh, where is he? Well, it'd be easy to say that if you knew where he was because you kidnapped him. Hmm. Yeah. The, the guy, the, the hologram, uh, that was Krell, who I put on blast during the conference. I told Reitz about him the first day I was back. As a heads up, nothing's been done. Hmm. His eyes narrow at that. He walks over to his desk and scribbles down a few notes and he says, I'll speak with her about that. See what's been done. As far as things that could be done, if there's anybody still stationed out at the lighthouse, could we move them to the tunnel entrance? Because if Krell's the one that took Silas... You know, he smuggles shit, so he's gonna use tunnels. He might use the big one. I don't know. But it seems good to have that manned until we find him, at least. So you're trying to get him to divert resources from the the island where there's this ongoing investigation to focus more on the tunnel to make sure that smugglers can't get through? Yes. Okay. But also so they're not snooping, and then it's harder for them to find stuff out later. Sure, no, I, I definitely get it. Um, Go ahead and make me a persuade. This is going to be at a minus two, just because I think Roth is reluctant to let that go by the wayside for now in general. And you do have your further minus one because of the orange. Hmm, that would be a zero. Would you like to Benny that? Yes. It's still not enough. All of them have failed. I do have conviction. I do have conviction. Would you like to use it here? It feels important. Because if Silas is the one that was supposed to be keeping shit up on the island and he's not there, then all of her sins are plain to see. I blew it up. I blew it up again. 15 total. Okay, that is a success with several raises. I think, uh... What does your conviction do to harden your argument here? Her voice just has a certain amount of grit to it when it comes out. Like, she knows this is one of the only ways she's going to get people off the island. It's her only chance to do this, probably. Your voice rings with gritty truth. Zadal raises his hand and says, I've been out there. I think we we gave the whole place at least more than a once-over, maybe a twice-over. So that's probably a good idea. To just support your argument. Nice. And Roth paces back and forth, hands clasped behind his back, head angled to the ground as he listens and contemplates before he draws to a stop, 
looks up and then gives a firm nod and says, Well, they've been at it for about two days. I suppose they've probably gleaned everything they can at this point, and they're already out there, so... Yeah, I think we ought to divert them, make sure we plug up that leak as soon as we can, or at least as much as possible. I appreciate that. He just nods again. I think that was a good use of conviction. Normally I use it for goober stuff that I just want to succeed at really bad, but this is very important. <laughs> I mean, if you spend conviction on something, that makes it important. Because it means so. it's important to you. Yeah. Well, this is not the news I was hoping to receive. No, no, I'm sorry. Well, it sounds like you did everything right. Sometimes you do everything right and it still don't work out. Hmm. <laughs> I'll dispatch Inquisitors to his residence to poke around, see if they can find anything else. Otherwise, we gotta stop pounding the pavement and putting things together. We already got a couple of confessions out of the ones we rounded up at the rally. Oh, yeah? Well, the snipers are what was left of them. Ugh. Yeah. Well, we already put the screws to that one you brought back from the, the conference, that sniper you wrangled. Bolt... Well, he didn't leave us much to work with. That's not entirely surprising. No, it's not. And he actually points off to one side, and on a collapsible table that's been assembled, there is what looks like the gnarled remains of a rifle. Oh. We only accounted for three of them, but we know there was four. Bolt got rid of two of them, you got one. And then the rest of our team made it to the rooftop where there was the last one, and that's all they found. And he points at it. What? It is a sniper rifle. It looks like it's been severely warped, like it exploded or something like that from the inside. And they weren't on Bolt's roof? No, they were on a different one. Where you know, were they located? Within range. I mean, they just taken different positions to get different angles of attack. But... I just didn't know if they were in East City or not. No, still coming from the southwesterly direction. Mm. It's just, uh, lucky the gun had such a bad misfire. Ah, uh-huh. uh-huh. I understand. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Well, that works out just fine. Athena, when you're looking at this rifle, if you if you approach it and you take closer looks, you get that same pang that trickled down the back of your neck and that fleeting moment of familiarity from when you were being shot at. And I'll tell you out of character that it was that was when they rolled the one. The jinx. Yeah, the jinx. Nice. When they were shooting at you and they rolled the one. I think she makes this connection at the same time I have. Yeah. <laughs> and ah. rubs her chin dubiously. Mm-hmm. Yes, at it. very nice. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did what did we get out of the the guy I brought back? Well, a couple of basic leads, meeting places where they met up before. People calling the shot. I go to the folks who can look into that avenue. This takes precedence for now. Maybe once we got a bit more figured out, we can talk about next steps. Yeah. The one you brought in, just a ground-level foot soldier. Don't know nothing. Just a, a body they put on a roof with a gun. Not even a very good shot. Which begs the question, why? Why you put someone so inexperienced up there? You're trying to make a difference, you get somebody who can shoot straight. So maybe they ain't funded. Or maybe they wanted him to fail. To what end? Krell was... The only reason I'm even familiar with them is when I was uh, getting out of Strickland's manor on the surface. He was in Strickland's office as a you know, little projection. And it seems like he's involved with 
smuggling crystals in or out of the city. I didn't quite get a beat on it. But that doesn't quite seem to me like what a, you know, a city freedom fighter would be interested in. No, I'd be inclined to agree. So if this guy is just down here whipping up anger to suit his needs, whatever they are, if we can just chop off the head of that snake... I'd like to believe that that is the case. We gotta remain impartial, make sure voices can be heard, but we got plenty of peaceful protests there tonight, you know, turn into a bit of a scuffle, but especially trying to take out key officials. I don't care about Zaxby's at all, but <laughs> I may not see eye to eye with your granddaddy, and it might be convenient in the long run if he disappeared, but... Nobody getting shot on my watch. I can help it. Your jaw clenches a bit. If, if Just to be clear, is he insinuating that it would be cool if her grandpa got iced, just not in front of him? Um. Is that the vibe she's getting? If you wanted to be upset about it and interpret it that way, you probably could. But from his tone and what you've spoken about before... He's probably just saying, you know, I would prefer Darius to be out of the way, but not like this, mm. you know? I don't think she says anything, mm -hmm. but taps her foot a little bit. I don't think she can stop that. Sure. Gotta follow due process. I did find my grandfather, by the way. He oh. made it back to good. his... Yeah, he's good. Well, uh, now that there are people actively making attempts on his life... Standard protocol would be protective custody, or at least a protective detail, if nothing else. I could bring him here if you'd like, but... We also need him doing his job. Yeah. And as I understand it, the curator plays a, a pretty integral role in making sure the crystal gets drained when it needs to. Yeah, he does. Speaking of protective custody... Hmm? You got yourself a target painted on your back. Or on your front, I guess. W uh, just because I was also shot? Uh, well, from what we've been able to put together, they were only firing at four people, and you was one of them. Well, that's not the first time I've been shot at. Sure, but, uh... Maybe it's bad that that didn't rattle me more. Uh, the real concern here is it was a... An established and systematic assassination attempt. This was planned. Mm -hmm. That means someone's trying to get rid of you, Adina. And standard protocol means protective custody. Well, it'd be really hard to uh, get the drop on me if I'm just always moving, you know, doing my job, going throughout. They'll, they'll never know where I am. She does not want a detail. <laughs> we can seize it all in the background. Standing in place, but wavering back and forth in his idle animation, hands <laughs> in his pockets, waiting to chime in if necessary. Whether or not it's true, or anyone else thinks so, these, uh, wardens of the called seem to believe you're in league with the toppers and they want you gone. We ain't got a real feel for their capabilities, but based on four cobbled-together snipers sitting on roofs taking pot shots. You probably faced worse, but who knows what else they got up their sleeves? What else they could be planning? I, I could just stay at the spire for a while if that would make people feel better, but I think I would be of more use elsewhere. 
He considers that for a long moment. Because it seems like the protective detail placed on Tuca back when she was, you know, starting out with the, all of those hits didn't seem to do a lot of good either way. And I'd rather keep more people out of the line of fire. Go ahead and make me persuade. Four. He doesn't respond right away. What is your goal, Athena? What do you want, really? What do I want? Yeah. What are you hoping to work on? I, I need to find Silas. We can't have him out there. Alone. No, he we can't. He can't even see! And she wiggles the glasses. Yeah. And I will be damned if anyone's going to abduct an official in my city. Not on my watch. We should start looking on the waterfront. All that mist and fog is a lot easier to make closer to the bay, you know? That's true. Oh, what to do with Bolt? Took a hit or two. Oh, is he okay? He'll be fine. Hmm. He's just playing it up, wounded in the line of duty. Oh, oh but... Send flowers. Or maybe <laughs> one of those fruit things that looks like a bouquet. He'd love that. Do whatever you want. Well, I've been told I have to keep him happy, so... Fruit care. bouquet it is. Growls a little to himself. She just mumbles under her breath, bacon roses. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> if your granddaddy needs to be in protective custody, maybe we can kill two birds with one stone on that end, too. He likes to hold himself up in the mines. Maybe you go to protect him there. I send some people with you. Maybe you and some of the Wonder Bolts. <sighs> I don't think I would trust Bolt around any crystals. I said some of the Wonderbolts. Some of the Wonderbolts. Not Bolt Beauty. Yeah. What would he be doing? I don't know. Stop worrying about him right now. We're doing real work here. Keep focused. Yep, yep, focused. Um, so I send you your part of Darius's god duty. I figure you got a vested interest in keeping him alive. I do. Um, Good. I do have a slight um, a slight issue. I don't know how mentally comfortable I am in the mines currently. Um, I found out that my grandparents died in that accident a few years ago, and I'm, I just, I'm sorry. I don't think I can do that. Rule persuade, but I'm a, I'm gonna give you a plus two on that. So this is, this is basically a gimme, but that was a, a good argument and very believable. We'll see. Four. Just barely scraped by. Yep. The bare minimum. <laughs> he looks at you for a long moment before giving a nod. Of course, I, uh, of course I understand. That's not a problem. We got plenty of fine regulators that can look after them. That ain't a problem. Thank Just you. thought I'd give you first pick if you want it. I appreciate that. Normally that would have been something I would have loved to take advantage of. Mm. But... So you said they put them in a trash bin? Yeah. If it gets collected, then it gets probably taken up to one of the main processing centers in the northeast city near the waterfront in the heart of the cold. I would check two boxes. And it'll just be somewhere in the yellow there, I think. Yeah. Well, that seems like as good a place to any of the start. But, uh... He runs a tongue across his teeth, and he says... We gotta find him. Make this need-to-know basis. 
And uh, Zidal is obviously here, but he's minding his business off to one side. Just listening. You two go. You seem to be working on right together. Mm-hmm. Um, bring in the rest of your wonder bolts as you see fit, but don't draw attention to yourself. I was thinking about bringing Tuka, and she's naturally stealthy, but um, I don't know if she, she's here. Did she come in today? You wouldn't know, probably. Sorry, <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, silly question. He he does like a very slow blink as you first ask him that, and then you correct yourself, and he doesn't say anything. He just lets it move on. Well, she knows that he's like passingly involved with Tuka's life. That's fair. So. That's fair. Take whoever you see fit, but three's probably a good number. Silas got a couple of places he stays at across the city. As far as I know, I don't know if he knew that I knew about that one. <laughs> which is why I thought he might have been there. So, Silas's privacy a bit out the window. I'm going to send a team over to his house to poke around, see if they can find any more clues. Not a bad idea. Connect any more dots. Do you know where, what, what are his other addresses? He turns to you and narrows his eyes just a little bit. Why does that matter right now? Might not, but... I'll send teams to the ones I know about, and they can poke around. You stay focused. Will do. You follow the trail. All right, well, I will get my team together, and we'll head on out stealthily. He arches a brow ridge at you, but moves to sit in his very large chair behind his equally large desk. Athena and Zadal are heading to the Wonderbolts task force room. Okay. Yep. You make your way down there and enter into the task force room. Looks like it's been cleaned recently. Probably earlier today. <laughs> she laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> Just to herself. A nice little chuckle. Tuka is lounging down here waiting for you to show up, as previously discussed. Hey, Tuka. You ready to do some Stealth ops, recon, bullshit. Uh, you got such a way with words. Yeah, I know, I've you know. been told. Yeah, uh, I'm ready to go, yeah. She just looks from Zadal to you and then blinks, but doesn't say anything. Uh, yeah, so uh, what's the plan? What are we doing? I'll follow um, your lead, boss. <laughs> we, okay, so just bringing you up to speed. Uh, the people... That took Silas, in addition to being Misty Wraiths, had yellow eyes. It's a fun new color to add to our spectrum. As you tell her that, there is a quick ripple of white through her scale pattern, and then the normal brown darkens a shade redder, and her eyes are hard, and her jaw is clenched, but she just says, Yup. Yep. And so Zadal looks between you two now, but doesn't comment. So they stuffed him in a dumpster. So I'm thinking we should check the processing plant. Yeah, I mean, see what's that makes there. Sense. Sure. Gotta get it up from there somehow. But we gotta be real sneaky. So. I mean, can we just go talk to the people at the plant? Well, Why we gotta not, be sneaky. Well, we gotta be sneaky in that they can't know why we're there. They can't know who is kidnapped. Can't get out. All right. Yeah, sure. I, I will follow your lead and let you do all the talking. Because, you know, I, I ain't too good there, you know. And I'm great at it, so this works out <laughs> super well. Yeah, so just gives a thumbs up and he says, Uh, yeah, what, what could possibly go wrong? 
<laughs> That's gonna be fun later when everything goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Just figured I'd get it out of the way now so that we could not worry about it because we, you know, it's gonna happen. Maybe I don't know. Let's head out. You guys can make your way out to the northeast of the city. There is a highway stop, so you could do that too, but it's up to what you guys want to do. Athena would like her bike, just in case. You guys take some hover cycles, Tuka getting a regulator standard issue one as you fly to the northeast of the city. This area is predominantly called, so this is a lot of agriculture area, whether it's for vegetation, animal husbandry, with like domba and things like that, and then just a lot of standard government buildings that's a little bit further east and then south farther to the east you can see is the ranch which is the main hub for that but the processing plant is just off the waterfront in the northeast there and you you know where it is so you can make Mm -hmm. it there without any problems from an aerial view it basically looks like a big dump because that's what it is yeah it's it's a big dump dump but it's not quite as expansive as a dump in our universe. And it looks like there are people hauling loads of trash closer to the waterfront. And, you know, using mechanisms or maybe even Domba, you know, pulling yeah. carts laden with garbage. I mean, such a tiny city, you gotta deal with the garbage quick. Yeah. So it doesn't need a lot of space. Basically, yeah. And there's a, a couple of, they look like warehouses, probably processing plants for basic stuff like recycling, whatever can be recycled down here. There is a wall on the exterior, an entry gate that you need to pass through with a security guard who is sitting in his little podium reading what looks to be a magazine. Hmm. It has a picture of Bolt on the cover, giving a big thumbs up and a wink, a shiny mark on one of his teeth. <laughs> Fuck. It's probably not even superimposed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you approach and he glances up briefly and then back down at the magazine. He's Ori with very gingery hair and eyes bored expression on his face some scruff around his chin he says can i help you we just need to look uh, look around a bit for an investigation regulator business are, how are confidential. you are you guys dressed as regulators yeah. right now okay so you're like in your uniform yeah. and stuff mm, yeah what what do you need to look around for what's your business here it's confidential and he just sighs and look man this is a dump i don't think the security's too high he just here. Holds up a hand like I got it. I uh, okay. <laughs> All right, stow it. And he goes over to a small filing cabinet, pulls open one of the drawers, comes out with a couple of pieces of paper, hands them to you. They're like stickers you can put on your chest, like a guest pass type thing. Anybody you need to talk to? Shift managers, maybe, for last night. All right, go uh, go talk to Livy Ponsa. She's. You know, What's What was her name? Livy Ponsa. Livy Ponsa. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You've been wonderful. Yep. Where can I find Livy? Most of this time, he hasn't even been looking at you. He's just been looking at the magazine or what he's doing. And this time, he looks up to you and blinks blearily and then just jerks a thumb behind him. What do you think in there? Wonderful. As you were, <laughs> she says to this disinterested fellow. Yeah, and he just goes, thanks. And goes back to reading. Shakes her head and walks on. Uh, he was, he seemed nice. Yeah. You should ask for his number. <laughs> you know, I think I would have gotten maybe one number and then he would have given up. I don't know. Seems like he got enough excitement in your life. He needs something boring to balance it out. That's why I drink a lot of water. She keeps walking. 
and Zadal is confusedly trying to piece this together as you guys continue walking into the Does plant. Does Tuka laugh at her solid goof? Yeah, Zadal's like, water? Water is delicious. Very healthy. Hydrating. Coffee's just better, though. Alright. <laughs> you guys bicker a little bit, but yeah, you walk closer into the compound... And there's, there's people walking around all over the place, but just piles of trash as far as you can see. Stacked reasonably high, but people just, again, taking loads closer to the waterfront. A warehouse off to one side, and people are just walking by, so. She'll tap a nearby, more with-it-looking person and ask them where Ms. Ponza is. The person you stop sees that you're regulators and, you know, lights up immediately and says, oh, yeah, uh, right this way. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it immediately starts taking you to the correct place. They take you into the warehouse up to a what appears to be a small office, knock on the door, and there's a gruff yeah, from the inside, and they announce your presence and uh, open the door, and then they leave. Oh. Inside the office is a... Shorter, stocky, older Yara woman, smudged features and short, light hair that is bound in pigtail braids very close to her head, down to her neck. Mm-hmm. And she's chewing on a toothpick. Her back legs are insectoid, probably almost cockroach-like, you know. Yeah, those weird little hairs on them that cockroaches do, you know what I mean? Yeah, there you go. I like that. And she's chewing on the toothpick and she says, What you reggies want? We were just hoping to ask you a few questions. If you have the time. Oh, sure, if you want. What do you hear about the missing people? Oh, well, I'm very interested in that. Uh, sure, I mean, if Whatever that's, you can tell me about these missing that's people. That's what you're here for. I mean... Yeah. I don't know. They're just in the area. It's not for... I, I'm just asking if that's what you hear about, because I, I don't know anything about it, but, you know. Well, I mean, one of the things we're here about. Okay, well, what do you want to know? Uh, when did you first hear there were people missing? Oh, yeah. I don't don't know. Somebody talking about it. Just, uh, the little grapevine last couple of weeks. Just every now and then, somebody dopping goes missing, you know? Like, where did they work? Uh, similar jobs, if you you know? Oh, just from the waterfront area, you know, called. Just people. Fishermen. Hmm. Nobody on my detail. I just don't know. I don't know why you see. Why else you here? She looks down at Zadal and then over at Tuka, trying to, with her eyes, convey missing people. I didn't hear anything about these missing people. And they just kind of shrug. And Zadal says, "I mean, missing persons cases get reported every week. It's you know usually people turn up. I don't know nothing about this. Like it could be a thing going on. I don't know, but I haven't been roped in on it. Other stuff going on, you know." We get a background shot of Tuka as she goes to stand next to the glass window that looks out over a whole bunch of the dump area, and she just wrinkles her nostrils in distaste, trying to face away from Livy to try to mask that displeasure. <laughs> Bet Livy would not be pleased. She might be livid. Possibly. Uh-huh. Possibly. Uh-huh. Damn. <laughs> uh, Ms. Ponza. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Continues chewing with her mouth open on this toothpick. Where do the um, where do the dumpsters that come from the bubble usually get processed? And she gives you a quirked brow look as she continues chewing. Everything gets brought over here and just dumped in the pile. You know, what are you looking for? Uh, it's classified. Sorry. 
And she, she just has a very, like, glazed-over look in her eyes, and she says, uh-huh, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, uh, everything gets brought in here, and then we take it out to the, the barge, and then uh, get rid of it. And uh, the barge? Where where exactly do you take it? Oh, I mean, um, she folds her arms and moves towards the back of the office where I think there's a, a window leading outside and you guys can see the waterfront. The thing she points to, the barge, traditionally is just a long, flat boat where you can heap piles of garbage onto it, and then it's just a flat skiff that usually is better for not choppy waters, just depending on how large the barge is. And this is a, a somewhat deep barge as well, so it can take quite a volume of trash. It's dirty metal, grimy. And she jams a finger at it, and she says, Ah, you know, I, well, once a day we just we load up as much garbage as we can, and then the, the operator takes it out and uh, you know, brings it on back. The one that's there right now looks like it has just started loading, so okay. there's not a lot on there right now. And, you know, we uh, we take it out into the water and we empty it into the, one of them crevasses. Just a big old hole that goes nowhere as far as we can tell. Yeah, we've been tossing garbage down there for, well, 200 years or something, right? Man, However you think long. we'd have a better system than a dumping trash in a hole by now. I mean... I think she says that more to herself, like scratching her yeah. chin. Livy crosses her arms and has a disgruntled look on her face, and she says, Oh, yeah, easy for you to walk in here and say that it's going to be, you got a better idea. What's I wrong with dumping in a hole? You know, nothing. Nothing at all, Livy. Uh-huh. Tongue's <laughs> in her cheek. Um, do you, can I get the location of the crevasse that you dump all the trash into? Uh, if you want, and she she gives you vague directions, and she said, you know, it's uh, sort of along the eastern cave wall. It's back there a mile or two, almost towards the lighthouse. There's really nothing else there. Bodge went out a couple hours ago, and she scratches at her head. She said, what time is it, anyway? Afternoonish. And she moves and looks at the clock, and she says, oh, my, my normal guy, uh, his name is Dara He's the one who usually takes the barge out, you know, was the driver, every morning. But uh, it takes hours to come back sometimes, but takes a little time to dump all the garbage before you come back. But he ain't back yet. So you have two barges on rotation? Yeah, just makes it easier, you know. That yeah. way if we get delayed when we're loading stuff up, you know, if the system gets messed up, and she, you know, puts her hands out, <laughs> she's like, the system... You know, if the system gets messed up, then it's hard to stay on track just, you know, with the amount of garbage we got coming in. So we got to keep the rotation going as much as possible. Well, I appreciate all this wonderful information. Uh-huh. Uh, so, Dariv Exter? Uh-huh. What can you tell me about him? He's, uh, he's a human. Got red hair. He drives the barge. He takes the barge out. He empties the garbage. And he comes back. And that's his job. That's what he does. He's he's all right and kind of boring, you know. He's been looking pretty tired lately, though. For how long? A couple of days, a week, maybe. Everybody burns out sometime. He needs some a little vacation, some R and R. Yeah, maybe. Well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Thank you for all your help. Uh, yeah, no problem, I guess. All right. You uh, you gonna you poking around here? What are you doing? Might poke around a little later. All right. 
but thank you. Sure, just, you know, common courtesy if you just let me know you're here. I, uh, yeah, of course. appreciate that, sure. All right, you can, you can get out. Gone. She Goodbye. <laughs> shuts the door. She doesn't slam it, but she shuts it curtly. Wonderful lady, guys. Uh, yeah, real charmer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're definitely going to go find that barge. She said it was supposed to be back by now. I figure a barge is going to be pretty easy to find. Um, yeah, probably. I mean... We got the location of the crevasse. She wiggled a paper I assume she got. Sure, yeah. We've got transportation, so I don't see why we shouldn't go check that out. Well, you want to just fly out there? Yeah. They're mobile. Yeah, I guess. Unless right. you want to do something else. Mm. I'm open to suggestions. I can die. I'm usually better on the ground than in the air. But it's all its all right. It should be fine, right? Well, yeah. eventually we'll find a barge that you can stand on. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. All right. So, squirrely garbage man. Looking tired. It's a good place to start. Yeah, I guess so. I can't believe we just toss it down a hole, though. I didn't know that. That's Tuka, bad. Tuka shrugs. I mean... Can't we incinerate it or something? Well, I guess that would be smoky, huh? Yeah, then you're talking about fumes and stuff. Well, it goes down a hole. Who cares? Maybe what lives at the bottom. She just gives you a very skeptical, like, okay. Tuka, you were a Cassian. You know stuff lives down there. Stuff lives in the tunnels, but a bottomless pit, as far as we know... Listen, I'll... Maybe, yeah, but... <laughs> Realistically, you know, it's a it's a bottomless pit. Yeah. All right, let's go. Far see this. we know, <laughs> we know so little, you guys. Yeah. Let's go find this unknown hole in the ground. All right, onward. We, we know the holes there. It, it ain't an unknown hole. Okay, in the it is a known hole. <laughs> let's in the go find this known hole. We don't know where the bottom is. We don't know where it goes. I feel like there's a rhyme in there somewhere but I don't know quite where it went. And she walks on. There's a, there's a hole at the bottom of the sea. <laughs> you guys are going back to hop on your... Yes. The boob cycle. Athena peels out, competent. Zadol, of course, wraps his arms around your waist to hang on as you guys take off. Athena, you, you and Zadol on one bike are joined by Tuka on another bike. As you take off into the air, heading out over the open water, leaving the light and vibrance of the city behind you, and entering into this expansive darkness dotted with bits of light here and there, almost twinkling stars in the distance. And far off to your left, you can see the lighthouse still glowing brilliantly in the distance as the one main light in this dark, dark cavern and it feels like it gets darker the further away you fly from the city. Mm. Starting to slowly close in around you. She's grateful for the noise that her bike is making, Mm -hmm. just so it's not so fucking quiet. Yeah, otherwise you can hear the lapping of water beneath you, but the occasional echo of a noise in the caverns, but otherwise it is quite silent. Go ahead and make me a notice at... Minus two for dim light. Four. Do you guys have spotlights or something? I assume on the front of them, right? Yeah, yeah, headlights. Headlights at least. Fuck yeah, that's fine. (laughs) You guys have lights for driving in the dark, right? And they kind of glow too. 
Are you taking any particular approach? She's just doing a low, low to the water sweep so she doesn't like miss anything. Okay. Tuka's up higher. Okay. That well, actually, good. maybe Tuka's down lower and Athena's up higher because she likes to be closer to the ground. I'm sure that makes her feel a lot better. Sure it does. Yeah, Athena's up high. All right. Could you make me a second notice roll? This one at minus eight. Minus eight? It's a negative two. I feel compelled to spend a Benny because of how ridiculous this minus is. Sorry. Still a negative one. Ooh, you got a better roll though, so that's cool. I did. Mm-hmm. I'll use my adventure card. Fuck, what's that? Surprise. Okay. Hey, how do you do that? Pay a Benny to search through the remaining adventure deck and take any one card of my choice. Fuck, all right, all right. <laughs> Go ahead. Have a Benny. <laughs> and what I'm now going to play is the card I've just drawn. Mm-hmm. Extra effort. Yep. Impressive. Most impressive. Yep. Play to add plus one D6 to any trait roll. This roll may ace. It's basically just conviction. Okay. That is not what I expected you to pick, but go ahead. It's, it's the one that made the most sense to me, I think. Okay. So I'm, a, I'm still at a negative one. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you know it? Adds up to a four. Nice. Okay. I was expecting you to pick the precision one that just gives you a success with a raise automatically. See, that one is actually in the discard pile. Okay, gotcha. And I could have picked the card that let me pick a card from the discard pile, but I didn't want to quite mix it up that much. I would have been okay with that had that been what you did. (laughs) What a turnabout. Okay, so with your scraped by success, you both find the barge. After some amount of searching, you do find this barge drifting in the darkness empty of trash, a long, flat, empty structure that is drifting listlessly farther and farther from the wall. And as you notice this barge, you also get the feeling that the darkness around you is moving. Oh, shit. Oh, that's no good. Not, like, immediately around you, but along the the cavern wall. And, of course, there are bits of crystal poking out here and there that gives some amount of illumination so it's not pitch black out here but I think as you're out here you do notice that there is motion in the darkness around you. She doesn't kill her engine but she stops revving it forward to make it a little quieter. Mm -hmm. Is it all there's stuff out there? Something's moving. I don't Uh, know what it is. Grips you a little bit tighter. Uh, What do you think? Should we we take a look? Uh, We're already here. We got it. He could be down there. Okay. Okay, let's go. And she lands on the barge. As you go to land on the barge, Tuka sees that you found it as well and comes to join you. And here, this this is a bit eerier because you have these pinpricks of light around you, you know, on the cavern walls and far above on the ceiling. The headlights of your hover cycle fall upon this seemingly derelict flat structure drifting in the water as you kill the engine step off of your bike you can feel the shifting of the tiny waves underneath the barge tossing it up and down with the currents of the water the lapping up against the sides and in the distance you can faintly hear a very faint waterfall the cascading of of water running off of something man i fucking hope the anchor's down we should make sure the anchor's down you can roll a notice at uh, because of the illumination here, unless you have a light source. 
you're in complete darkness right now, with the exception of lights far away that don't really do anything for uh-huh. you here, and the headlights of your motorcycles. So if you have another light source, you can produce it. But I mean, would they have like little flashlights in their belt pouches? I, I think it's perfectly reasonable to assume that you gear. would have some sort of utility belt with stuff on it. So yeah, if you take out a flashlight, that's fine. Notice at minus two for penalties. Six. Let's say it's like a hundred feet long. I don't know, does that seem reasonable? Sure. I don't know how big barges are. I'm terrible with lengths, but that, that's what we're going with right now. hundred feet long. So it doesn't take you long to search over this. That doesn't seem like long enough now that I'm thinking about it. How tall? It'll be fine. Maybe it's deep. Maybe it's a deep. Oh, okay. Yeah. Flat. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it can hold that trash. So we're just like stepping in garbage puddles and like gross stuff. Yeah, it's no, it doesn't smell great. You could you could have found this by scent. <laughs> Probably. Probably. All right. Yeah. So the the acrid smell of fetid garbage is hot and sticky in the musty air of the caverns here, crunching underfoot as you look around for the anchor, and you do find the anchor. It is not dropped. Currently. She drops it. Okay. I'm not gonna have you make a roll for that. I think that's it's, it's reasonable probably a to, lever, right? Probably. Yeah, what do I know about anchors? So you throw the anchor down, it slips into the water with a and then begins tugging the length of chain. It keeps going, so it'll it'll eventually hit bottom and you're like, okay, cool. Whew. Well, I feel marginally better. The barge itself is long, empty of the garbage, but there is like a cabin, you know, like where no you drive from. Look in that so. cabin. Okay. So you enter the cabin. It's small. I mean, this is not like an overnight voyage type of thing. So there's a desk. There's the steering mechanism. I don't know if it's like an actual wheel. Sure, it's a steering wheel. Why not? There's a a small refrigeration unit, like an ice box. Mm. Maybe a few books tossed here or there. A chair for sitting. She checks the ice box. You open the ice box. There's some leftover snacks in there. Maybe the remnants of his lunch. His lunch box that he brought with him is stored in there as well. She has too much garbage smell in her nose to even think about finishing that. Yeah. She wants to look around, see anything that might look out of place or suspicious, like some blood or something. I'm going to say this is a research roll. Okay. So, I do have research. Yeah, go ahead and make me a research roll. I'll let your previous notice kind of ride with this too. But. Oh, it's a five. In one of the drawers of the desk, you produce a small notebook that looks like somebody had been writing in it. I'll read it. <laughs> Excellent. This is good storytelling, you guys. There's <laughs> a book. I read the book. Read Excellent. It. What is it? There, There's a bunch of entries. It looks like the journal's about half filled. Most of the dates leading back the last six months. And they're just, most of them are short entries. But there is an entry from today. There's a little bit of musings to himself, maybe about personal details that don't appear to matter very much. Right, right. What sticks out to you is it starts talking about, obviously this belonged to Derevexter. It has his name, like, you know, on the inside of the journal. Right. So you can tell that it was his. It says, been having weird nightmares the past two days or so. Everything dark, a cave, glowing eyes, water. Rumors going around that the others who went missing had the same thing. Damn ghost stories. I can't afford to fall asleep out here of all places. Just my luck to let the boat drift into the crevasse. I'd have more than bad dreams to worry about. 
think the lack of sleep's getting to me. Feels like the shadows are moving. And then it just ends. Athena reads that out loud just to clue everyone in. And throughout all this, it's completely silent out here with the exception of the sloshing of the water and the occasional groan of the, the metal of the hull of the boat, you know. Zadal is standing with you. Tuka has her light and is facing out. She's clutching one of her elbows with her free hand and she just says, Oh man, I don't like this. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Um, I don't think there's anything else here. I didn't see any other doors. I didn't think this is it. You'd made a notice earlier. I think the only other thing that really sticks out to you is there is a gun rack, like, above the steering area Mm -hmm. that is empty. Like, where maybe a rifle would have been placed, but it is not there. She just eyes the empty rack increasingly worried. Do you think we should look at the crevasse? I don't want to be here anymore. Also, yeah, those shadows are definitely moving. And... Oh. Zadal rubs a hand on his neck, fidgets inside his jacket, and produces a pistol. Um, I mean, process of elimination, the trash ain't here, so we made it there, right? Yeah. Maybe there's a a tunnel offshoot somewhere they could have snatched him taken him I coulda oh boy okay um let's just be let's just be real chill we're not nervous mm-hmm. yeah maybe cause maybe they smell fear who knows who knows what they are I don't know and she's talking progressively louder and louder and definitely seeming more worried yeah. visually can you make me another notice this one also at minus two. I'll spend a minute. Failed. Failed, okay. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Not notice stuff, I guess. Apparently, yeah. What do you do? She wants to very quickly get back to the bikes. Okay. She mutters to them as they're walking. Should I just shoot something out there to try and light stuff up to see what we're dealing with? Or maybe... Maybe it's not really there. Maybe it's not even anything. Did you leave your bikes on? Like... I think so. Okay. Are the the headlights on? Yeah. Okay. They're not anymore. Oh. Like, as you you look outside, you don't see your bikes. Zidal and Tuka edge out from the cabin behind you. Zidal holding the Cory pistol in his hand. His deep sapphire blue circuitry one of the only pieces of illumination in the vast darkness here right next to you almost it's kind of like somebody in one of those glow-in-the-dark skeleton outfits at a halloween party like you can you can see the circuits running there so you can see an approximation of his outline tuka just huddling close glancing around her color palette is very pale and then shimmers and becomes much darker as camouflage and she tries to hunch in on herself and make herself a smaller target almost crawling along the barge next to you guys do you do we see anything i mean are you like looking around with your flashlight yeah does Uh, it just hit like a wall of black you aim your light towards your bikes and it's kind of like a black outline shaped like a bike but then the outline begins to shimmer and move. She just says, fuck. You say that, and while you have your flashlight aimed at the bikes, the moving shadows ripple one more time and erupt in orange light. Shit. 
and your both of the bikes are completely covered in these orange moths. Mm. You hear a flutter in the air behind you as the orange lights erupt in the darkness. She is sweating bullets. She is very concerned, and she's going to try and walk real brave and try and shoo them off the bikes. <laughs> okay, um... Get out of here! Bikes, no place for you! You approach the bikes and start to shoo them away. The darkness around you begins to light up with these small pinpricks of orange as well, all along the wall of the cavern, off to one side, and starting to stretch up, fading into the darkness. And then there is a voice from behind you, uh, higher up, that just says, You are the interloper. Oh shit, me? Sorry, didn't know I was trespassing, just trying to leave. She gets very panicked, you see. But all she can do is talk. Because this voice doesn't have a body she can attack yet. You're facing your bikes. You hear it behind you. Like, it's not It's not nebulous. Oh, it's not a nebulous one? No, okay, it's, she it's turns definitely around. coming from behind you. Okay. Yeah, she'll turn around and look. Um, there is another form standing on the top of the cabin. Like, probably... 10 to 15 feet up in the air above you you can see something moving in the darkness and then it also erupts into this orange light and it is this weird blocky humanoid form made up of these orange moths and it bends down sort of like it's hunching on the lip of the cabin and it just says again interloper All right, Pickle, let's keep this outro nice and tight because I'm a little sleepy. Okay. Our music is Crockett, uh-huh. who can be found at Crockett80s or crockett.bandcamp.com. But what about Waveshaper? You can find Waveshaper at waveshaper, the number one, dot bandcamp.com. Or on Twitter at waveshaper underscore SWE. You can find us on Twitter at RPG for you and me. I'm on Twitter at you see the hat. We're also on Patreon. Patreon.com slash RPG for you and me. You know who I'd like to say thank you to? Who? Michael. Thank you, Michael. I'm rushing through a lot of this, but not thank you. Yes, we always appreciate your support. We're happy to speak with you on a week-to-week basis. Hope everything is to your satisfaction. <laughs> Do you know who makes this game that we like to use for the system yes you know some weeks uh my memory is a little bit hazier or i pussyfoot around but it's pinnacle entertainment group wonderful and you can find them at peginc.com good savage that's, that's worlds. easy yeah pinnacle savage worlds the pinnacle of entertainment in tabletop form yeah yeah we do not have an outro scene this week but instead i'm gonna drop in some outtakes from this episode so enjoy those shortly yes be back with uh, some more bonus scenes next week probably when we get some more prompts patreon subscribers Mm -hmm. we always appreciate uh, extra ideas these are canonical or non-canonical based on the context who knows see you guys next week goodbye (laughs) (laughs) see you guys
So if I cast object reading on the Declaration of Independence, how many raises would I need to see Nick Cage steal it? My trigger when I when I give you a Benny is I laugh and then I say, you can have a Benny. I like that. <laughs> I always say, I like that. I like that. <laughs> it happened like three times in the last episode and I'm sitting there just being like, do we, do we cut it? I'm like, no. Just, I like that. I'll just do it. No, I like that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's a Benny. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I enjoy this. <laughs> This pleased me. <laughs> you there? <laughs> you have a Benny. I like that. You girl, come here. <laughs> here, here's a Benny for your trouble. <laughs> Toss it in the dirt. The scene arounds you. Arounds you? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> the scene's all arounds you! <laughs> Which is another double doer. Arches a brow ridge at you, but moves to sit behind his very large chair. Sit behind, behind his, his very large chair? Sit in, <laughs> sit in his... Holy shit, I just found the inspiration for the, the garbage episode of Futurama. Really? That apparently is based on a real thing that happened. Get the they, fuck like, out of here. There's that scene of them like pushing the barge out into the ocean under cover of Nightfall. The Mobro 4000 was a barge owned by Mobro Marine Incorporated, made famous in 1987 for hauling the same load of trash along the east coast of North America from New York City to Belize and back until a way was found to dispose of the garbage. What? During this journey, local press often referred to the Mobro 4000 as the Gar Barge. <laughs> God, that's good! <laughs> uh Chartered by entrepreneur Lower Harrelson, Lowell Harrelson and Long Island mob boss Salvatore Avellino, it set sail on March 22nd from Islip, New York, and escorted by the tugboat Break of Dawn and carrying 3,168 tons of trash, headed for a pilot program in Moorhead City, North Carolina, to be turned into methane. God, I thought you were just going to stop at meth. The barge was docked at Moorhead City until a WRAL-TV news crew, acting on a tip, flew by helicopter to the coast to investigate. Action News 5 reporter Susan Brozek broke the story, and North Carolina officials began their own investigation, which resulted in an order for the Mobro to move on. The barge then proceeded along the coast, looking for another place to offload and continue to meet stiff resistance. The Mexican Navy denied it entrance to their waters. It made it as far south as Belize, again being rejected, before returning to New York. <laughs> Upon arrival, it was met with a temporary restraining order and a heated legal battle, preventing it from docking. Eventually, in October, the trash was incinerated in Brooklyn, and the resulting ash was buried in a landfill in Islip, where it originated. Fuck. Hey, you want a garbage? It's a skill book. You're one-handed increased by a point. Yes! Just a skin mag. <laughs> Listen, if I wanted to read Lusty Argonian Made Again, right. I'd just start up Skyrim. Lifts her tail. That's her name. It is not. The, the, the Lusty Are you Argonian. Shitting yeah, her me? name is Lifts Her Tail. God, I forgot about Absolutely that. Absolutely, it is. This is as still as I can be. <laughs> Rumble McSkirmish. Chip damage. Dynamite Watkins. I love her. I got, I got, a, crush. So I got a crush on Dynamite Watkins. <laughs> She's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> 